Yes, all aboard. It's the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. And the train is building up ahead of steam. So grab your ticket. It's free. Get on board. This train will be picking up passengers along the way. Taking you on a sports journey. So, enjoy the ride. It's the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Your conductor, Anthony Smith. Anthony Smith here with A-Train Sports Talk Podcast, your conductor. Just want to let you know that this podcast is listener supported. That's right, driven by you, the listener, who wants to support. So click on that support button down there. You have three options, 99 cents a month, $4.99 a month, or $9.99 a month. We'll get your ad rent on this podcast. So click the support button. Your support will be greatly appreciated. Once again, Anthony Smith with the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Want to enhance your workout? Try the workout bands everyone is talking about. Three different resistance levels. Light, medium, and heavy. Only at www.cakeybums.com That's www.cakeybums.com www.cakeybums.com To enhance your workout, with the resistance bands that everyone is talking about. Hey, what's happening? It's Rick Thomas with Running the Table, and you already know you are on board the A-Train. Hang on for the ride. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast, your conductor, Anthony Smith. And I know I'm not on here as often, but I try to be here at least once a week. Uh, A lot, a lot, a lot to get to. Uh, Trying to hook up with my co-host, but right now I'm going to go ahead and get this thing started because there's a lot to go on. As y'all know, Thursday basically officially kicked off the NCAA tournament. We know it as March Madness, and the madness has begun. Literally, the madness has begun. And that's why come they call it March Madness. I mean, there's a lot that has taken place thus far. And let me just give it to you. Uh Sister Jean must have a close connection with the God Almighty because she goes with that team to these tournaments and they win games that on paper you would say, hey, they are not supposed to win that game. But they keep finding a way to win those games. Or how about this? Oh, Roberts University. Yes, that's that other school in the state of Oklahoma 
in the city of Tulsa, not the Golden Hurricanes, but Oral Roberts University, the Eagles, in overtime as they knocked off number two seed Ohio State, seventy-five to seventy-two. But the first thing we want to look at, and we're going to actually play a sound clip from Oral Roberts University, but we're going to look at Illinois March Madness upset loss to Loyola of Chicago. You remember Illinois and, well, right, they are actually pretty much neighbors. University of Illinois and Loyola Chicago, they're in the same state, so Imagine what that does for your recruiting base. You have recruits watching that game within that state and within surrounding areas between Big Ten and Missouri Valley Conference. And let's just say this year, the Missouri Valley Conference, I have to give my hats off to them. They look pretty good this year. They came up with some stunning victories. Drake carried the banner. Loyola was right there carrying that banner as well, too. Loyola seems like the type of team that's going to be around a while. And it's one of those things you say that's a good thing to see when you look at teams they've lost over the years, the Creightons who are striving, striving and thriving in the Big East. Wichita State left to become a member of the American Athletic Conference. So it was a refreshing thing to see old Valley foes hook up once again on the hardwood. Unfortunately, Wichita State came out on the downside. But what we're going to do is we're going to play this sound clip. And then we're going to get into Illinois and Loyola and some March Madness. On the bench, in the huddle, right at the end of regulation before you guys went out to overtime, what was said? Uh, it was just continue to believe. Um, we knew that it was just an extra period. Um, it was like zero zero, and so we knew that we had to go out there and um, step, take it up a notch, and um, come out with a victory. Not, not just hope, not just being a competitor, made you believe you're going to win the game. Just all the hard work all season um, from the beginning of the year. Uh, we've had a group of guys that have just continued to work. Uh, no matter what's thrown at us, we're going to fight through everything. And at the end of the day, we came here not just to win one game, but we came to win multiple games. So uh, at this point, it's on to the next one. And so we're starting to focus on Florida. Now, what's amazing, I'm looking at some stats here. Oral Roberts, this is their first NCAA tournament win since 1974. Also, there have been nine 15 seed teams that have knocked off number two seeds. The betting line closed that Oral Roberts has been a 16-point underdog. Oral Roberts wins against Ohio State in overtime, 75-72. So now... Let's look at some stories here. The NCAA men's tournament's first number one seed has fallen. March Madness brackets were busted from coast to coast, and 
in nations worldwide when the Illinois Fighting Illini lost to Loyola Chicago Ramblers 71 58 on Sunday, removing the Big Ten tournament champions and a popular Final Four pick from the field. Thirty-four of ESPN's 38 college basketball experts have picked Illinois to represent the Midwest in the Final Four at Lucas Oil Stadium on April the 3rd, and its loss leaves the second-seeded Houston Cougars as the top team standing in the region. But Sunday's results also raise the profiles and possibilities for Loyola, who reached the Final Four in San Antonio back in 2018, and may have rediscovered its magic with team chaplain Sister Jean, the face of the program looking on. ESPN.com's team of college basketball writers reflected on the reasons for the meaning of the Illinois loss, projecting how far the Ramblers can go and whether we'll see the Illini back on the number one seed line anytime soon. What sunk Illinois in its loss to Loyola Chicago? Loyola Chicago put on a clinic at both ends of the floor. Illinois' ball screen heavy offense had very little room to operate because Loyola dropped a big into the lane and forced the Illini to take contested mid-range shots. And the lane looked clogged whenever Ayo Desunmu or Andre Cabello tried to make things happen off the bounce going to the rim. Desunmu got free for a drive to the basket maybe twice, and one was on a miscommunication by Loyola's defense, while Cabello had some turnover problems when he was looking to create a spark in the second half. Illinois also missed a few open threes that would have forced Loyola to extend his defense. And Kofi Cockburn struggled to finish early when Loyola was stretching his lead. The Sunwoo, arguably the best offensive guard in the country, had nine points on 10 shots and six turnovers. In other words, it all went wrong. At the other end, Illinois allowed Loyola to run its offense too easily. The Fighting Illini rarely pressured full court or extended their half-court defense and never went small to try to take Porter Moser's team out of rhythm. And, of course, Cameron Crutwig. He was a magician on Sunday. Cockburn couldn't really handle Crutwig's craftiness and passing ability. Crutwig finished with 18 points, 11 rebounds, and 5 assists and was the best player on the floor. A lot of credit goes to Moser, too. Coming out of timeouts, Loyola was clinical when it needed to be. The Ramblers never trailed. It was a tremendous performance by the Valley champs. What does the Big Ten's performance in this tournament to date say about the quality of the league? Anything. We debate this same question every year in college football playoffs with the Big Ten which hasn't won a national championship since the 2014 season, Ohio State. It's always obvious in the final stages of the season that the Big Ten has the football talent to compete with the bulk of the field, but consistently falls short against true national title contenders. I don't think that's any different in the Big Ten with men's basketball. There isn't enough high-level talent in the league, not consistently at least. That means you can put together great teams, but you'll get 20 years 
Michigan State won the Big Ten's most recent national title in 2000 without cutting down the nets. The Big Ten, per real GM, has produced 12 first-round picks since the 2016 NBA draft. In the 2020 NBA draft alone, six SEC players were selected in the first round and 12 overall. The Big Ten has been the regular season standard in college basketball in recent years, and multiple teams have played in the Final Fours since Michigan State's run in 2000. But without a more fruitful pipeline, the league will continue to find itself in battles against ambitious, experienced underdogs who boast a similar talent pool in the postseason. Ohio State needed more talent down the stretch against Oral Roberts. Purdue needed someone like Carson Edwards against North Texas. And the gap between an Illinois team with a pair of NBA prospects and Loyola Chicago squad led by mid-major star Cameron Crutwig was not as wide as it appeared to be on paper. Without a national title this season, or at least a run to the Final Four, it would be difficult for the Big Ten to shake the idea that it's one of America's best leagues in the regular season. But not when it counts in the postseason. What are the historical implications of Illinois' loss? Where does this rank on the list of disappointments for Illini fans? The fighting Illini operate with a regularity that can only be charted by Stonehenge every 16 years. It is said the program produces a team that can contend for a national title. In 1989, it was the flying Illini with Nick Anderson, Kendall Gill, and Kenny Battle. That dream died at the Final Four courtesy of Sean Higgins of a Sean Higgins basket for Michigan. Then in 2005, D. Brown, Darren Williams, and company came up just short against North Carolina in the national title game. Here we are again, 16 years after that. This 16-year theory, however, conveniently leaves out a top-seeded team in 2001 under new coach Bill Self. That team had to play and lose to one uncommonly strong number two seed in the form of Arizona in the Elite Eight. Losing to Loyola Chicago feels more like that defeat 20 years ago. The Ramblers were perhaps misseeded, as shocked, and morose Illini fans were already rage-tweeting in the first half. Losing as early as the round of 32 is a new twist, but Porter Moser's group was clearly the superior team. That, that defeat reinforces the fact that the Ramblers are the only program in the state of Illinois ever to win a national title, 1963. Illinois fans are left to wait patiently for 2037 or perhaps a better day sooner than that. In her recent Sports Center interview, Sister Jean noted specifically that the Ramblers had the defense to beat Illinois. And if they do that, there isn't anyone on this piece of paper, her bracket, that they can't beat. The rest of the Midwest Regional should be afraid, very afraid. More to the point, the Ramblers will now face either Oregon State or Oklahoma State in the Sweet 16. 
Loyola, the number eight seed, would be favored against the number 12 Beavers. Against Oklahoma State, who's to say Rambers couldn't stifle Cade Cunningham the same way they put handcuffs on Illinois star Io DeSunmu? Besides, Sister Jean has Loyola in her Elite Eight. Who am I to argue? So, now, what's Loyola Chicago's ceiling? Can the Ramblers make their second Final Four trip in four years? Loyola just beat an opponent ranked number two by both the AP and Ken Palm. The Ramblers thoroughly outplayed Illinois from the first minute of the game and was clearly the superior team. Porter Mosier's group is therefore a clear threat to reach the Final Four for the second time in three tournaments. The win against Illinois displayed how this team can excel at both the defensive first half and offensive second ends. Cameron Crutway creates major problems on offense with his post moves and especially his passing. At six foot nine, he is capable of stripping the ball in the open floor from an all-American guard like Ayo Desunmu. The country should prepare for more Sister Jean because this team has what it takes to reach April. Who do we expect back for Illinois? Are the Illini going to have number one seat potential again in 2021-22? Everyone can theoretically return, so the potential to run it back is there, but it's highly unlikely. The Sun Mo is a projected first-round pick in this year's NBA draft. While Cockburn also put his name into the draft pool last year before returning to Champaign. Both could leave for the Pearl ranks this spring. Trent Frazier and DeMonte Williams are seniors who could decide their college careers have come to an end. Compared to last season when Brad Underwood brought in impact guards Adam Miller and Andre Cabello, the fighting Illini aren't bringing in a loaded recruiting class. Luke Good and Ramses Melendez are solid forwards who should be rotation players, but they're unlikely to be game changers in year one. Miller and Cabello show flashes this season of their potential, and the expectation is that the team will run through the freshman guards next season. Miller was a ball-dominant guard at the high school level and a borderline projected first-round pick entering college, so he shouldn't have an issue becoming a go-to guy. Cabello showed several times this season he has a spark with the ball in his hands. Not that many players possess. It could be one of the premier backcourts in college basketball. That said, I don't see the Illini being back in the number one seed conversation, barring surprising decisions from DeSamo and Cogburn. So that's what we have on Illinois. The fighting Illini and once again, they're a stunning defeat, which I'm not that surprised to Loyola of Chicago. That's what you can expect. That's why they call it March Madness. Oh, and if you want to talk some more upsets, we're going to do that. When I come back, we're going to talk Ohio 
not Ohio State, but University of Ohio, handing UVA another early exit. Stay tuned to the A-Train Sports Talk podcast. This is your conductor, Anthony Smith. We'll be back after these messages. Hey, what's happening? It's Rick Thomas with Running the Table, and you already know you are on board the A-Train. Hang on for the ride. Welcome back once again, segment number two. As we alluded to in that first segment, we were talking about upset of Illinois going down to the hands of their in-state, well, I don't know if you want to call it a rival, but it could be the start. Games like this have a tendency to weigh on the minds of recruits as they watch these games unfold, and it could sway one that could be leaning toward an Illinois program may decide to say, you know what, I can go to this school and we can still get to the NCAA tournament. The wonders that March Madness does, especially when it pits those in-state recruits that don't even play during the regular season. I'm pretty sure Loyola have that has that problem planned against an Illinois because the fact that bigger schools, let's just face it, they feel like playing against a Loyola or playing against a Drake, what do they have to gain by beating those teams? And if they lose, they stand to lose a lot. So you pit a team like a Loyola against the Illinois, and that game becomes bigger than even the stage that they're playing on because now this is their shot to where they can prove not only can we play with you guys, we can manhandle and beat you guys, as was the case years ago. Wichita State goes up against Kansas University in the tournament. They beat them. Kansas doesn't want to play Wichita State in the regular season. Matter of fact, Bill Self went on record and said about the only way that would happen, legislator, legislature would have to mandate that. Those came out of Bill Self's mouth. In other words, it'd have to be an act of Congress is what he was saying. So what happens? You get them on the basketball court, NCAA tournament, that becomes a bigger game than the game itself. And what happens? Wichita State knocks off KU. So we can expect to see stuff like this in March. Madness, plain and simple. Because these games mean a lot to those schools that you don't expect them to be there for one. When they get there, you expect them to be pretty much like recruits, one and done. So now let's move on to another upset. And there were plenty of them. Plenty of them. Ohio Bobcats stunned Virginia and late arriving Cavaliers another early NCAA tournament exit. And these are beginning to be the norm, not the exceptions. And it so happens Virginia happens to be on the wrong end of them. So let's first listen Because we're also going to find out a little bit about VCU and Oregon. VCU was declared, the Oregon-VCU game was declared no contest because of COVID implications. So let's listen to this sound clip. 
Just getting a comment on Virginia here. Their first game after dealing with COVID issues. What went wrong for the national champions? Seven days without practice. It's real. Uh, Alan Arvis is at practice. Well, you know, they need practice. And then you think about it. They were in quarantine for seven days. They flew to Indianapolis. All right? They tested twice, and they went and played a game. And you've got to give Ohio University credit, because, you know, Ohio University is a really good basketball program. And Jason Preston is the best player on the floor. He's an NBA first-round draft choice. 6'4 guard, shoots 50 from the three, saw his line today. 11 points, 13 rebounds, 8 assists. He controls the tempo of the game. They have five guys that average double figures. But, it, you know, to me, it was amazing how Virginia played as well as they played, considering what they've been through in the last seven days. It's kind of a testament to the leadership of, of Tony Bennett. But the reality is you can't go seven days without practice and go and play a game. And you could just hear as... He alluded to Allen Iverson. You can just hear Allen Iverson. Not a game, but practice. We're talking practice. I guess in a situation like this, practice means everything. But the defending national champion, and yes, they are the defending national champion because we didn't have no tournament last year. The defending national champion is out after one game. Virginia, winner of the 2019 NCAA men's basketball tournament, suffered another shocking loss. Another shocking first-round loss, Saturday, falling to 13-seed Ohio, 62-58 in Bloomington, Indiana. The Cavaliers had a seven-point lead early in the second half, but then went more than 10 minutes without a field goal, a stretch that allowed Ohio to take its own seven-point lead. Virginia cut the lead to two with eight seconds left on a Trey Murphy Three-pointer, but Ohio iced the game with two London McDay free throws. Man, that game, the atmosphere, even with the limited fans, it's a dream come true to be out here playing the game I love. Ohio forward Ben Vanderplas said, got a couple of family members up in the stands, playing with the team I love, playing for a coaching staff I love playing with. Man, it was a special moment out there. We're just going to keep it going. And I wouldn't doubt them. Don't be surprised if you see either a Loyola or Ohio University team playing in the Final Four and would not be shocked if one of them is playing in the national title game. And I'm going to say it like this because there are some people that's probably even listening to this podcast once it's published and will share it and will say, listen to this guy talk. Does he believe what he's saying? And right now I'm going to tell you, yes, I believe exactly what I'm saying. There are going to be some that's going to want to put an asterisk on the national championship, on national. Whoever wins the championship, someone's going to want to put an asterisk on it. Why? So glad you asked that question. Due to this fact right here. No North Carolina. No Duke. No Kentucky. Kansas is hanging on by three. Who's to say their next game might not be their last game? It would not be nothing surprising to see a Gonzaga versus Ohio or a Gonzaga versus a Loyola. Y'all might want to get used to hearing it because it could very well happen. 
Virginia, the number four seed in the West region, didn't arrive in Indianapolis until Friday afternoon after a positive COVID test and subsequent contact tracing forced most of its roster into quarantine until Thursday. The Cavaliers practiced as a team in Charlottesville on Friday morning, underwent COVID-19 testing upon arrival in Indianapolis, and then again at 1.15 a.m. on Saturday morning, and then had a shoot-around on Saturday afternoon. Coach Virginia coach Tony Bennett wouldn't blame rust or lack of practice time for the loss, though. We came in, you know, we thought we had a chance. We certainly did, Bennett said. I don't know if it would have mattered if it was a normal prep or not. How can you say? We played a good team, and that's this tournament. We prepared to be the best. We prepared to the best of our abilities. Again, Ohio played a better game. When they needed to make plays, they made the plays, and we left some on the table. So, again, I'm grateful we got the chance. You can't go back and change anything. I thought our guys were as ready as they can be given circumstances. This is the second time in the last three NCAA tournaments that Virginia has lost to a double-digit seed in the first round. In 2018, the Cavaliers were the number one seed to fall for the first. Let's get this right. The Cavaliers were the first number one seed to fall to a 16 seed when they lost to UMBC. They also now become just the third team since 1979 to sandwich first-round losses to double-digit seeds around a national championship in three consecutive tournaments, joining the 1986-88 Indiana and 1994-1996 through UCLA. I faced such joy in this tournament on so many occasions, man. It said I faced a heartache too. Again, as I say, you always have to be willing to accept them both. Know that when your career is done, this doesn't define you, whether you win it all or you lose or anything. It's what you do. You do it with love, joy, and passion. Then you don't let it define you beyond what it should. Ohio finished fifth in the Mid-American Conference during the regular season, but the Bobcats won three games in three days to win the conference tournament and earn the league's automatic bid. They had some COVID-19 issues during the final month of the season, but have now won 10 of their last 11 games and are playing some of the best basketball in the country. Stop right there. At this point in junction in the season, this is when you want to be playing your best. It doesn't matter what happened at the beginning of the season. It doesn't happen midway. But as you go toward that stretch run is when you want to start playing your best basketball. Ohio Bobcats picked a good time to start playing their best basketball. Here's a name for you. Point guard Jason Preston has established himself as a name to watch in the NCAA tournament. Finishing with 11 points, 13 rebounds, 8 assists for the Bobcats. Preston scored just 52 points total as a high school senior, but has now played himself onto the NBA's radar and is one of the best point guards left in the tournament. I told him this is where stars are born, legacies are made, Ohio coach Jeff Boyles said of Preston. Give them a lot of credit. Kihai Clark is a very good defender, but Jason is the sec- Jason in the second half was able to get around 
a couple of those, had some huge rebounds, just a phenomenal effort. He's the heart and soul of our team. The world saw today who he is and what he's able to do. Just really proud of him. Vanderplas, a player whom one Mac coach told ESPN earlier this week was a Virginia-type player, was arguably the best player on the floor for the long stretch of Saturday. He finished with 17 points, five rebounds, and four assists, making three three-pointers. At one point in the second half, Vanderplas scored 10 straight Ohio points. He's confident the Bobcats can keep it going, too. I think we go into every single game expecting to win, preparing to win. So we're going to try to win the whole thing, Vanderplas said. That's what we're here to do. We're going. What is it? Five more games. We're going to try to win five more games one at a time. Virginia will have plenty of personal decisions to make in the next few weeks. The Cavaliers have three seniors in their rotation, including starters Sam Hauser and Jay Huff. Murphy, a junior, is also a projected second-round NBA draft pick in ESPN's draft rankings. For a team that entered the season as a preseason top-five team, though this is a disappointing end to the campaign. You know there will be probably better times to speak clearer to them about what they meant and who they are as men and as players, Bennett said. After the game, not a lot is heard. It's just trying to encourage them and thank them and tell them that they'll always be a part of this. Again, they'll have an ACC regular season championship and they got a chance to play in the tournament. That was thing how it ended, but that was the extent of it. I said I wish I had some magic words to make this thing go away, but I don't. Time heals all things. Ohio moves on to play 5-seed Creighton, which held on to beat 12-seed UC Santa Barbara by one on Saturday. Let me just go ahead and put on upset alert. Creighton is on upset alert right now. You heard that coming off this podcast. Creighton, I'm putting them on upset alert. And Ohio State getting upset by 15 seed Oral Roberts on Friday. The Bobcats are carrying a mantle for the Buckeye State. I think we're just happy to be moving on. We're very grateful. Our guys came in expecting to win the game, Bowles said. The fact that we're the only one left, I think that's great for social media and fans. But our bandwagon keep coming. We want everyone to support us that we can. I think this is great for our university. So, there's a look at Ohio and Virginia and what it means for the Bobcats as they move forward in the tournament in Virginia. And one can't help but to think of the graciousness, even in defeat, of Coach Bennett for Virginia. How he takes everything in stride. How he does not let this particular situation define him. He didn't make no excuses for his team, and he won't let no one give him any excuses. But he just puts everything into perspective. And, you know, at some point when the dust settles and everything is, you know, somewhat back to normalcy, there's going to be some critics coming out and 
throwing rocks at this Virginia program, throwing rocks at Coach Bennett. But you see what all they had to get go through just to get to play this game with the COVID testing, the lack of practice time. There will be some out there coming to throw stones, so to speak. How can you be the team, the last two out of three tournaments, to be the team to lose double-digit to double-digit seeds? Oh, also, by the way, don't forget, you're also the defending champions. How do you let something like this happen? A lot of you have questions like that to ask. Probably haven't even played the game, so you don't know the difficulties of playing the game, let alone coaching the game. Once again, even in defeat, hats off to Coach Bennett for how he handled this situation. And all we can do is wish them the best of luck. And also wish Ohio Bobcats the best of luck as they move forward in the tournament. So, I believe I have time to look at something else because it is catching some steam. Michigan Wolverines standout Isaiah Liverwares hashtag not NCAA property shirt at NCAA tournament. Michigan standout Isaiah Livers wore a shirt with not NCAA property written on it at the top seed Wolverines NCAA tournament open against Texas Southern on Saturday. The hashtag is part of a social media effort to raise awareness about inequities in college sports. Livers, who is out with a foot injury, is one of a few prominent Big Ten players leading the movement. Players are pushed for the NCAA to change rules preventing college athletes from earning money for things like endorsement, sponsorship deals, and personal appearances. Isaiah, he's going to speak his mind, said Mike Smith, Livers' teammate at Michigan. Everybody has their own opinion, and he speaks his mind all the time. Michigan coach Juwan Howard himself, a prominent former college player, did not seem to have noticed the shirt when he spoke to reporters after the Wolverines' 82-66 win. Honestly, I did not pay attention to his shirt, Howard said. I was so locked into the game, game prep for Texas Southern, I didn't pay attention to his shirt. The National College Players Association athlete advocacy group released a statement Wednesday detailing the players' goal, which included getting the NCAA to change rule to allow athletes to receive pay for use of name, image, and likeness. The players are also seeking meetings with NCAA President Mark Emmert and state and federal lawmakers. The NCAA has been working toward changing its rules governing NIL compensation, although the NCAA in January delayed a vote on NIL legislation after receiving a letter from Department of Justice that warned the proposed rule change might violate antitrust law. Emmert said recently he still hopes the NCAA will inform, will have uniform national NIL rules in place before the start of the football season. So, There you have that in regards to a story that was picking up some steam. So now what I'm going to do here is I'm going to 
take a break. And when I come back, I will have some more for you. Anthony Smith here with A-Train Sports Talk Podcast, your conductor. Just want to let you know that this podcast is listener supported. That's right. Driven by you, the listener who wants to support. So click on that support button down there. You have three options. 99 cents a month, $4.99 a month, or $9.99 a month. We'll get your ad rent on this podcast. So click the support button. Your support will be greatly appreciated. Once again, Anthony Smith with the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Want to enhance your workout? Try the workout bands everyone is talking about. Three different resistance levels. Light, medium, and heavy. Only at www.cakeybums.com That's www.cakeybums.com www.cakeybums.com To enhance your workout with the resistance bands that everyone is talking about. Hey, what's happening? It's Rick Thomas with Running the Table, and you already know you are on board the A-Train. Hang on for the ride. Welcome back to my final segment. And basically, we're just looking at March Madness. March Madness. And basically, what it comes down to is look who's back. Yep. Those Ramblers from Loyola are back again. And they are looking to mess up some people's brackets. But who would have thought we would be saying Loyola, Ohio, or Roberts University? Who would have thought that? That that doesn't even sound like it has a ring to it in college basketball. Or how, how about this one? Let's look at this one. ACU. You ever heard of ACU? You're probably thinking, who's ACU? Yeah, keep thinking. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go ahead and tell you. Take the suspense out of you having to use your brain there. Abilene Christian University. We knew that a team from Texas was going to advance out of that game. It just wasn't the Texas team that we had expected. Let's see how that unfolded. Miller 
Walker walks around the screen to the foul line. Layup, reverse, no. Follow, no. Pleasant's following a foul. It's a foul on the pinball drive by Pleasant. He was volleyballing up in the air, and a whistle comes with 1.2 to go. Oh, goodness gracious. Joe Pleasant. The deep breath dribbles once. Fires and scores his second shot for the lead. Is around and in. 53-52, Abilene Christian. And Texas will need a miracle. Cunningham will inbound it. Right side. He runs the end line. Loads up a long pass. Fires to midcourt. It's caught by Abilene Christian. And this real little town from Texas. Abilene. The Wildcats from ACU. How about that? That's right. We're talking about upset. If if I if I had a corporate sponsor right about now, it would have to be Pepto Bismol for all the upset stomachs going on in college basketball. Those were highlights from Abilene Christian University against Texas. First of all, let me set the narrative on this. Do you realize that? Since Shaka Smart has been at Texas, they're 0 3 in NCAA tournament games. That's right. So, you know, there is some rumblings going on, and then you lose to your in state brethren, who is not even a blip on the basketball radar. Joe Pleasant slowed his breath and calmed himself. In the most pressure-packed moment of his college career for Abilene Christian, Pleasant's two free throws were perfect from a spot where he struggled in the past. When he intercepted a final desperation pass from Texas, Pleasant and the rest of his teammates erupted in a celebration that spilled off the court and nearly into the stands. Another double-digit seed is moving on in the men's NCAA tournament, and this one at the expense of the flagship school in Abilene Christian's home state. We just beat the University of Texas. Little old Abilene Christian out in West Texas built a program that went toe-to-toe with the University of Texas, and it's an incredible story, Wildcats. Joe Golding said. It's what March is about. Abilene Christian and its frantic havoc-causing defense bounced Coach Shocker Smart and Texas out of the NCAA tournament in the first round yet again as the 14th seed Wildcats stunned the third seed Longhorns 53-52 on Saturday night. Pleasant, a 58.8% foul shooter on the season, made a pair of free throws with 1.2 seconds left, and the Wildcats shocked their in-state rivals in the first meeting between the school. I'm going to throw this out. What constitutes a rival? What constitutes a rival? Because I do not know of these schools to play each other on an annual basis. I mean, I was considered like Oklahoma versus Texas. I would even go as far as to call that bad blood. That's bad blood rivalry. But what actually defines a rival? Is it because you're in the same state? Does that define a rival, even though you don't play against each other? What defines a rival? 
Pleasant, a 58.8% foul shooter on the team, made a pair of free throws with 1.2 seconds left, and the Wildcats shocked their in-state rivals in the first, get this, first meeting between the schools. So I'm sorry, that does not constitute a rival. Pulling off one final upset in a first round filled with two years worth of excitement. Abilene Christian, 24 and 4, became the fourth team seated 13th allure to reach the round of 32 in this NCAA tournament, joining 15th seeded Oral Roberts and number 13 seed Ohio and North Texas. Let, let me let me see how this. I'm going to say this again so y'all can let this marinate and see how it sounds. Ohio, North Texas, Oral Roberts, Abilene Christian University. That does not sound like your typical basketball powerhouse, does it? No, it does not. We needed March Madness, man. We need some type of normalcy to our country, Golding said. We need people to fill out brackets. We needed people to cheer for the underdog. There was plenty of cheering for the Wildcats by their fans clad in purple as they caused all kinds of headaches for the bigger, more talented Longhorns and got just enough offense to pull off their first NCAA tournament victory in their second appearance. Pleasant finished with 11 points, as did Corian Mason for the Wildcats. Abilene Christian was blown out by Kentucky two years ago when it made its first trip to the NCAA tournament. Now, Abilene Christian will face number 11 seed UCLA in the second round on Monday. And let me just say, Mitt Cronin has a deliberate pace, swarming defense. And that sounds like the type of game plan that Abilene Christian likes to play, Havoc on defense. So that should be a knockdown drag out game. I will be watching that game with keen interest. But now Abilene Christian will face number 11 seed UCLA in the second round on Monday. It felt like two years ago we were kind of happy to be there as a first-time experience, Pleasant said. Then this team, we're ready to take on another challenge, not just be here but to compete to get some wins. Andrew Jones scored 13 points for Texas, 19-8, and and was nearly the hero. Jones hit two free throws with 56 seconds left and his three-pointer with 14 seconds remaining put the Longhorns up, put the Longhorns in front, 52-51. ACU had one more chance. Damian Daniels drove the basket, but his shot was blocked by Kai Jones. Pleasant was the first to get his hands on the rebound, and Matt Coleman III was called for a foul, causing Smart to drop to his knees on the sideline. It was a loose ball. We both went for it. He got to the ball first, and he threw it up, and they called a foul on me. The ref called foul, so I guess it was a foul, Coleman said. After a timeout, Pleasant calmly hit both free throws. Then he intercepted a final desperation pass by Texas at midcourt, turning it into the Longhorns 23rd turnover of the game and setting off a wild celebration. Pleasant waved his arms toward the crowd egging on fans to make some noise and cupping his hand to his ear before being mobbed by teammates. 
other players flexed toward ACU supporters in the stands of Lucas Oil Stadium, who were definitely not socially distanced during the celebration. I was visually, I was visualizing the free throws going in before I shot them, Pleasant said. I was just trying to key in on the rim, just lock in and block out the noise. There were heroes throughout for the Wildcats. Daniels, all five foot seven and 140 pounds, missed his first eight shot attempts, but muscled through a foul to score on the drive with 342 left. The three-point play gave the Wildcats a 50 to 47 lead. Reggie Miller made one of two free throws to push the lead to four. Texas went nearly four minutes without scoring before two free throws by Jones with 56 seconds left. Foul shots that needed a pause to clean blood off the court. Miller committed a turnover on ACU's next possession, and Jones's three seemed to be a perfect March moment after the Texas Junior missed time earlier in his career after being diagnosed with leukemia. Instead, the Longhorns are headed home with their first with their third first round exit under Smart, which will only raise the heat on his standing in Austin. A lot of tears in the locker room right now, Smart said. A lot of guys extremely upset about the way the game ended. The fact that we have to go home now. Really disappointed everybody is. Texas was, ro- was rolling coming into the NCAA tournament after winning the Big 12 tournament for the first time in school history. The long run had won five straight overall and eight of ten following the midseason slump. But the Longhorns were too careless and too impatient against the Wildcats' swarming defense. It was ugly, physical basketball, exactly the formula for the Wildcats to pull off the upset. They had the seventh-best scoring defense in the country this season, giving up just 60 points per game. They smothered Nickel State in the Southland Conference title game, holding the Colonials to 45 points in a in a 34-point victory. Texas would held, was held 23 points below its season average. The 23 turnovers were a season high, and Longhorns took 27 fewer shots than ACU. It just doesn't feel real. I feel like I'm trying to wake up from a bad dream, Coleman said. So there you have a look at some March Madness. And I hope to be back with you soon as this train is getting ready to pull into the station and unload. But I will be back sooner than later. I just want to also say up on me closing out this uh, podcast, my good friend and brother, my partner on the podcast, his name is Smokey Norfolk. Not that Smokey Norfolk, but his name is Smokey Norfolk. Uh, got word they, that he had lost his grandmother. So prayers go out to him and his family during this time of loss. So as you hear this podcast, please send up some prayers for my friend. Uh, he would have been on, even considered going on at a later time. But I said, hey, you just go ahead and deal with that. I do understand. So those of you listening to this podcast, keep smoky. He's the other voice that y'all hear on my podcast later lately. Keep him and his family in prayer as they deal with the loss of a mother and a grandmother. But until next time, take care of yourself and each other. 
Enjoy the rest of your day. Be blessed. This is the A-Train signing off.